Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to all my Veteran Be Real listeners out there. It's Sergeant Be Real. I'm here today with Rolana Sumner. She's an Army vet, and I'm super excited to talk to her. She's got a lot of things to talk to us about. She's going to be, it's going to be exceptional. And I just love, you guys all know, that I'm a big female veteran supporter, female soldier, female say whatever. I'm big into that because I think you guys, you need to get the representation that we need to get. And Rolanda's here to help talk to you guys a little bit about her time in the military and her transition. So, Rolanda, floor is yours, my love. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to speak to you guys today. My name is Rolanda Sumner. I'm the CEO and founder of Life After Service Transitional Coaching, or Alaska. And, and I'll tell you more about my business later as part of my story. But basically, my military career was tough. I'm a Black female, and I joined while I was in high school when I was 17. I joined the National Guard. And halfway through my career, about year seven, I became AGR as a response to 9-11. I remember being a secretary and someone running down a hall from another business saying, you got to see this. Do you guys know what happened? And from then on, I wanted to be active duty. So I chose active guard reserve. And it's a beautiful hybrid between regular army and national guard. You have all of the regular army benefits. At that time, you were able to go to all the regular army schools, but you're with the national guard. And unlike the regular army, you don't specialize in one part of your MOS. You do everything because it's a very small force. And being AGR was really tough. One thing before I get started, though, I want to share with you guys that I had, I loved being in the military. I just had it tough. One thing is I worked mainly in support of combat arms. So MPs, engineers, infantry, and with that environment, you know, females aren't really welcome. And so I had to learn how to get a tough skin. I had, I had no problem learning how to swear, but like, a, that's my, <laughs> I got no problem cussing, but God damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I had to learn how to get what I need done for my soldiers. And people knew I was going to fend for my soldiers. I was going to get the job done. However, the way I felt like I had to go about it hindered me from getting promoted past E6. So I just didn't, nobody was there to mentor me to tell me, okay, this is how you can better communicate with your leaders. This is how you can better communicate and get what you need. I felt like I was always having to fight, 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 fight. And I felt really, sometimes I felt like it was unfair because, you know, the white guys, to really just say anything and they got everything they wanted, but I would have to go in and fix it. So it was tough in that aspect. But one thing I will let you ladies know is if you're in a position, you feel like you have to fight, you need to look for a mentor ASAP. 
look for a mentor who you look up to, who is doing things completely opposite. Like she's talking to people normally, she's of a higher rank and get in her pocket, like learn what she, how is she able to be assertive without being aggressive? Because for female leaders, it just doesn't work. Aggression doesn't work. You're not going to move up the chain. You're going to always be working extra hard, fixing things and getting things things done. But the fact of the matter is, is like the more rockers you have and the more shine you have on your collar, you got to be a little bit more political. And I didn't learn that until after I got out. Fast forward and I became a victim of MST. I won't really talk about it, but it led to me having PTSD on the way out. When I was in Af, it didn't happen in Afghanistan. It happened a few years before that. But while I was in Afghanistan, I was involved in a mortar attack during a convoy. And then I think that kind of set the chain of things in the event. Like you have another trauma and it's just like a domino effect. And then I got out and I was hospitalized twice, inpatient, hospitalized twice, outpatient. And it's been a very, it was a long road to get to stable. So once I was hospitalized the second time, then they were like, okay, we're going to medically board you out. And it happened to be like, I got medically boarded a, a month and a half before my 20th year. What I will say I learned from that experience is that you must, I learned the hard way that I needed to take time to actually talk about what was bothering me. Mm-hmm. As soldiers, particularly, probably Marines too, we are not taught to talk. We're taught to suck it up and move on. Suck it up, soldier. Ooh, you got the coronavirus. Somebody punched you in the face. You know, you got head butted. Shake it off. Drink some water, huh? Drink some water, take some and get back to work. Yep. That's right. <laughs> you get the standard 800 milligrams. 800 milligrams to get your ass Boy, back you to might work. get 1,000. <laughs> I'll double that down. Give me 1,600 because I need to hurry up. Right? Yep. You know, and so that's what I internalized because into that moment, every I was my rank and my rank was me. So it was really tough being suicidal. I felt like I was... I felt like I let my family down. At a repercussion of the MST, the person who offended me also reduced me while I was in country. And so it tore me up. I was I didn't know who I was after that because I had never had a bad NCR. I had always had really good NCRs. My mouth got me in a lot of trouble, but I was relied on and everybody knew I had integrity. I didn't have to like you to do a great job by you. And so got reduced to E5. And I was like, what is happening here? Like, oh my God, nobody wanted to really defend me. I had lost my EEO case. I lost my SART case. It was busted down to 15-6 and I was told that I was having a tantrum. Eventually I got it back in my retirement, but I had to learn how to be Rolanda. I had to learn how to separate myself from the rank. Cause even at home, I was a soldier. And I didn't realize it. Like my husband is not a soldier at all. He would tell me, I am not one of your soldiers. Back up, Rolanda. Yep. Yeah, my and wife was, does that to me still. So yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you so were, glad. You get back in the line, yes, ma'am. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like I just got to the point where I don't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and it's been six years. Yeah, it takes a while. That's for sure. When I did get out, I got a regular nine to five job in human resources and I got fired within two months. They didn't know what to do with me and I didn't know what to do with them. Like it it was just, I was not a good fit for their group. And honestly, they weren't a good fit for me. I took 
EEO and, and SARC and all that stuff way more seriously than they did. They looked at the fact that the victim was cussing and that was what type of person they were. And I'm like, this person is crying out. Right. They had jokes that I didn't feel were serious. And I was still very military. Like, you don't have to laugh if you don't think it's funny, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I got fired and that devastated me too. So it's like one trauma after the next, after the next. And it was hard for me to find another job. So I started my own skincare business and it was like therapy to me because I was actually in a place where I can call my own shots. I can do what I wanted to do. If I didn't want to do this for my business, I don't have to. Eventually I did go back to a regular nine to five because we needed the extra money. Stayed with that company for almost three years. And I ended up leaving because again, I felt like I was an oddball my, I was being told I wasn't a good leader, but I was like, I'm a better leader than you. All right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You were, no, what it was is you were a threat to that person. Therefore, they, they made you feel that way so they can get rid of you. That's, I've, I've run into that yeah. a lot. Like when I knew I was a stronger leader than the guy I was working for. And I knew right away, I was like, I'm not going to be here long because this guy is going to do everything he can to submarine me because yes. he has his job probably. And then he's going to be working for me and he ain't going to want that. So that's yeah. the one, I think the thing I've taken from leaving the military, that's the one fear I've always had all the nine to five type jobs I had. Mm-hmm. I always looked at my supervisor like, yep, I'll have his job in like six months because this guy is just not a leader. He's just there and the, he's going through the motions kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like he's not, exactly. he's not taking that drive to push us, to make us better employees, even to make us better soldiers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we as soldiers, NCOs, we were pushing our soldiers to become us so we can move up and they can move up. Well, yes. in the civilian sector, they don't give a shit about any of that. They just kind of like show up, do your job, do a good, oh, you did a good job. Here's a bonus or here's what, but not, 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 not stay in your lane. You know what I'm saying? Stay in your lane. Yes. They, they feel threatened. And I think that's a big deal for a lot of us military guys. People talk about they like to hire veterans. They do because we like if to be quiet. <laughs> we like to advance. We're used to a structure where there's, there's levels for us to get to. E1, but we know there's going to be E2 eventually if we work hard. There's going to be three. Mm-hmm. In a civilian job, you don't know if there's going to be promotion ladders. Because even like if you get a GS job, you have to ask, hey, is there steps in this GS job? I, can go, I might start as GS9, but is there steps to get to 11 or 12? And like, nope, because some jobs mm-hmm. just stay right there because that's what they need. They mm-hmm. don't need anybody. So, you know, I can relate, Rolanda, because I mean, I know my first job when I got out of the military was a nine to five. And I knew right away. And the guys above me were ex-military guys too, but they weren't in the leadership positions that I had had. They were just mm-hmm. military guys who just, you know, were in the military. for They weren't really in a significant leadership position. So I knew they were threatened by me right after I started working there for about a month and a half. I was like, yeah, they're threatened by me already. So I'm mm-hmm. probably going to have to quit. And I did. I ended up quitting later, later on. But yeah, but I, I feel you there. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. I was branded insubordinate because I would be asked questions, mm-hmm. answer the question directly. And it's like, oh, that's insubordination. That is not insubordination because you didn't like my answer. I remember that my supervisor, he talked to me a certain way that I was not down for. Like, wait a minute. I didn't let colonels talk to me this crazy. And I was only an E6. Like, mm-hmm. hold on for a second. And so I addressed it very privately, very quietly. But I was like, please don't talk to me that way. You're going to be upset with me. I'm going to make mistakes. But I need you not to speak to me disrespectfully. I'll be more than happy to make up for what I did wrong. But I just, there's a level I... It triggers me. Yeah, even if I did something wrong, you don't got to disrespect me because I did something wrong. Exactly. Correct me. Let me correct my actions and I'll, and I'll correct it. And I'll move forward. But don't disrespect exactly. me. I'm a big guy. And like he's like, oh, you would never say that to the CEO. You know, that's insubordination. I'm like, that's not insubordination. That's me being assertive enough to let you know this is how you need to leave me. Yeah. And so I just, between 
me getting the job, I had started my own coaching practice Mm -hmm. to help women veterans transition out of the military into entrepreneurship. Because the misconception is that we don't want to own our own business. We just want a job. And it's really opposite. We want to own our own businesses. Well, I'm I'm more happy now that I own my own stuff and I'm the boss and I can kind of, yeah, I have people that work, work, I work with people and partner, but I don't, like, nobody oversees me so much anymore. Like, yes. I have mentors that I go to when I need help for something, mm-hmm. and they help me, but they wait for me to come to them. They don't get involved in my business. They don't do it. You know, like, hey, man, I need some help. Can you help? Yeah, I got you. What do you so, yeah, I'm feeling you, though. I mean, I think for so, I'll be honest with you, my big feeling, I think most soldiers should get out and try on their own first. That's been a big push for me. Try something on your own first and see if you can be successful having your own business before you go work for somebody else. Because you've worked for somebody else your whole time in the military. You were a private mm-hmm. or what? You were you know how to do that part of the world. You know how to be that. Now let's try to take the reins and go do something for yourself and make yourself successful. Give yourself some pride. Some because there's that internal veterans pride. are amazing, amazing entrepreneurs. We we are workaholics by nature. We advocate for people by nature. We dig in by nature. Like we're raised on regulations. I'm a 42 alpha, but mostly an, a human resources NCO. Yep. And the regulation was my best friend. I would cite it off in a heartbeat. If I couldn't find it, I'd be like, hold on for a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right back here. Yeah, you were that. Yes. We called the battalion go, hey, Sergeant Sarge, Sarge Sumners, what's this? Give me five minutes. I'll call you back. Click. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wait a minute. You give a, our, your mission as an entrepreneur is to take care of yourself, eat what you kill. And that's an innate in us. And so who better to employ us but ourselves, right? There's different things that veterans need that other people don't understand. Like if you medically discharge, if you have VA disability and you got to go to the doctors every three weeks or something like that, yeah. it's your schedule. Yeah, and you know your schedule. It's your own business model. So I think entrepreneurship for veterans is is amazing. I think it I think it's a great transition because it gives you the time to decompress and figure out the world at your own pace. You know, and, and my thing too, Rolanda, like you, like we met in the Vetrepreneur tribe. Like we there's a tribe, mm-hmm. Facebook groups that are just there to support veterans that are becoming entrepreneurs that are just there to support yes. you. Yeah. There's some fees and some things, but if you, if you get the right people like Rob Garcia and a whole bunch of these guys and Stephen Kuhn, they'll help you. Yeah. Yes. Some of them charge because they have a business too. They're running a coaching business or whatever, even a lot of, but it's worth the money, but it's worth it in the end because it'll work out. You know what I mean? Because they're going to guide you along the way, make sure you become successful because then there becomes it. Yes. If you become, listen, if you go to a coach like Rolanda and say, hey, I need some coaching. I need to learn how to do this, this, and this. And you're paying her. Look, Rolanda's job now is to make you successful so she's successful yes. as a coach. You see how yes. that goes? Because Rolanda's a veteran too, but her job is to coach you to become better. Your job is to bring your build your business up. Rolanda, some other people out there, like I said, Rob Gerson. There's a whole lot of coaches in that Vetrepreneur tribe. There's 14,000 plus veterans in there. Most of them are veterans. Now, We've had this now. Ten percent of the guys in that tribe are dirtbags. Don't even think of you know. I mean, that's just the basic numbers of society. Ten percent of those people are just not good people. But the other ninety percent, like Rolanda and Robert and Stephen and these guys that are in this group that are making an effort to show themselves out there and put themselves out. I work with Stephen and Robert, and I'm going to start working with Rolanda because if there's a coaching thing that I can learn, I absorb that. But mm-hmm. the coaching group is only good if the veteran, the entrepreneur, turns out good, right? Because yes, if yes. coaching me and I don't, I'm not successful, that don't look good for Lorana. So she's going to put the effort in. You follow yeah. where I'm going with this guy? So if you're listening yeah. out there, you're getting ready to transition out, 
you need to think hard and serious about starting your own business. It, it could be something as simple as she said, like your own skincare product business or start a drop shipping company on Spotify or Shopify or whatever. It doesn't have to be anything super intense, but something that gives you the mindset where you're in, where you're your own boss, you're yes. managing your time, you're managing the funding, you're, ma- you're in control of it all. And if you can handle it, great. But if you can't, that's why you got coaches out there like Rolanda and there's other people that can help say, mm-hmm. all right, break that down and da-da-da-da. So just think about it, guys, because I'm telling you, they're out there. And, and I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm probably happier than I've ever been in my entire life, even after the military. And I love my every day a lot of the time in the Army. Mm-hmm. I'm happier now than I've ever been because I have more control. I have more freedom. That's the beautiful part. But I have more freedom. I can be, show up to work if I want to or not show up to work. But that's my risk. You know what I'm saying? I understand I take that risk myself. I don't owe it to anybody. So they're out there. So that's what Rolanda's yes. doing. So there you go. Yes. And I agree with... <laughs> I agree with you. You know, your clients are the proof to your pudding, right? So I have a client right now. She's excelled beyond my, like, uh, at the cusp of having to go to someone else who can elevate her. And I am so excited. She's a woman veteran. Determined steps. Yeah. But I mean, that for you though, as a coach, to know that you've taken them as high as you can take them. And now you got to for you, that's got to bring your, I mean, my that, ego is so high right now. Like, like, that's like a, the biggest drug there is because like you <laughs> gotten her to the pinnacle of where you can take her. Now you're going to hand her off to somebody else who's going to take her even higher, but mm-hmm. you're in that chain, you know, you're in that thing, but that euphoria you feel from getting that veteran that point, you know what I'm saying? Like I can feel you because I understand exactly what you're talking about. Like you got them to that point. Like you're all right, you've gotten as far as I can get you now. That's what I know. So I'm going to hand you off to such and such. Boom. And then they're and then they take off and then you can just follow their progress. You know what I mean? Like, hey, there's a star. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're gonna be friends forever, but it's yeah. just so nice that she's part of coaching is having good coaches. And coaching is not gonna work for you if you don't do the work. If you're not bought in to the process and the transformation, if you're not willing to spill the tears, the blood, the sweat, stay up at night, do the homework, it's not gonna work for you. But I do suggest that every single person who's about to cross the threshold to exit, get some form of coaching or mentorship with someone and successful. You know, it's going to cost you some money, but it's the best investment. You'll make more money at the end of the day because in the end, end it comes back tenfold. Like I tell you, it always comes back tenfold because like Rolanda just said, you have to be willing to take risks. You have to be willing to fail because like I told you guys before, I've learned more from my failures than I have from my successes because Mm -hmm. I focus on my failures and I want to correct them. I don't focus on the successes as deeply as I focus on the failures because that was successful. So you're happy about that. And your mind goes in a different direction. But if you fail, you're like, how did I screw that up? What did I do? Hey, Rolanda, what did I do? Blah, blah, blah. Well, look, let's look, let's look, break it. And then we, and then, then we don't make that mistake again, but we've learned from it. So we become a better entrepreneur. We become a better business owner. We become a better person because we've mm-hmm. educated ourselves. Right. So coaching is, I think is one of the most underrated attributes of, of a mentor because coaching, you can have a mentor. Rolanda could be your mentor and your coach. Follow where I'm yes. going. Cause like you said, Friends for life. So there's more to it than just coaching. Plus, mm-hmm. you'll have a connection with her because you're a veteran. Plus, you have another connection for her if you happen to be female. Plus, you have another mm-hmm. connection to her. You know what I'm saying? So there's a whole lot of things that bring people close. Mm-hmm. And what Rolanda does, and like the other coaches that are out there, if they're good at what they do, they're only good if they feel they've made you successful. Yes. That's what they're pushing you to be. And you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to step all over it sometimes. But that's what they're there for. That's what a coach and a mentor is for, is to get you through that and understand where you made a mistake so you don't do that again. And you can drive on. So it's, it's, it's amazing. I love veteran coaches. I think they're the, they're the best veterans out there because they understand the, where the levels are, where we're trying to get ourselves mm-hmm. to, where we're trying to get to. 
So, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't have coaches and mentors. I just wouldn't need me close. So. Uh, I know. I mean, I had a veteran coach. Her name is Ariel Renal. And I mean, she gave me the confidence to go to coaching school. Yep. You know, she got me to this point and she's amazing. But I want to talk about fear, right? Because that's something veterans we struggle with a lot. We don't fail. I struggled with that. My first business, I, I was in my counselor's chair for like a year telling her I was afraid to fail. And she's like, but you have to do, I need you to let it go. <laughs> and the moment I let go of failing, like failing being the, a bad thing, things started to open up. I was actually learning lessons. It's not a real failure if you learn. And unfortunately in entrepreneurship, you have to fail because you don't know everything. There's so much to know. You laugh. My first coach and mentor gave me something he knew I was going to fail at on purpose to use that as my <laughs> starting point with him to see, I gave you this task, you failed at it, but you failed at it because, and then he started teaching me the mindset I had, because I was in that, I'm a, fear is like the most detrimental thing in the world to me, but mm-hmm. everybody has fears. They might not be physical fears. They could be mental fears. They could be psychological fears. They could be whatever, but fear is a very underlying dirty little dude. You know what I'm saying? Like he can control your life because he can make you do things that you would never do. He can also make you do things you wouldn't do. You know what I mean? Like, so it's scary, but Rolanda's right. Fear is the reason why most of us don't take the risk to go do the things we're going to be really exceptional at. And that's why you have a coach like Rolanda come in and said, no, you need to try this because if you don't try it, you're not going to see it. And if you don't see it, you can't go get it. And that's, that's mm-hmm. gotta be the attitude you have. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk to everybody who's of color, women of color, males of color, but particularly women of color who are coming out the military. When you're in the military, you're told that you can't dye your hair. You can't do your hair this way. You can't wear those. You can't wear earrings if you're in the army. (laughs) You can't do your nails. You got to look the same. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, we got to look like the boys. You got to look like a boy. (laughs) And we, you know, we're, we express ourselves in our creativity of how we look because for so long, that's who we were. Like if I can make my hair look good and have these nails, when you get out, you can still do that. You're still going to have some of the the pitfalls and minefields of being a black woman leader because you're not going to be a leader now. Unfortunately, you're just not going to be a, you're not going to be a leader in you for life. You're going to still have people discriminating against you because they're going to believe that you are one way. You're hardcore when you walk up into their workplace. They're going to be afraid of you and intimidated. And I'm telling you right now, right now, your future is in your mindset. It exists. Racism exists. Sexism exists. People looking at you exist, like, and thinking you're a certain way exists. I shaved my head. I had long dress blocks. I shaved it. I was like, okay, it's hot, you know, and I don't care anymore because I don't have a regulation that holds me back. My business is my own. My clients come to me because of what result I can give them. If you work into work in a corporate setting, you're going to have to follow their rules, but you get to choose if you stay with them. You don't have to stay with them. You get to choose if you go somewhere else. You're not in a contract like the military. You have choices that are- You have freedom. Oh, wait. There yes. You, go. <laughs> you have freedom and you have choices that are endless. You know, you actually have autonomy to, make, to decide what you're going to do. It's going to be tough. I quit my last job August 1st of last year. 
I had no plan. <laughs> my husband was like, wait, what, what did you do? You did what? He was like, Rolanda. <laughs> I had no plan, but it's worked out. I'm a woman of faith and God has given us everything we needed and plus some. And I'm telling you, if you feel stuck because you're black or you're a woman or what have you, change your mindset. There are, you're going to run into so many other obstacles. You don't need to believe in within yourself that you're less than, or you can't make it because of how you look. Life's got enough challenges. Body parts you have. Yeah. Life's got enough challenges as it is. I mean, for all the, and I'm going to take a second here, Rolanda, just because this touches a lot of who I am as a person, because see, I believe in you should validate people based on their character, not by their skin color or their appearance. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. I don't see your color. Like when I look at you, I don't see you as a black woman. I see you as a woman. And then those separations come based on how me and you interact and how me and you get along. And, and mm-hmm. we all stereotypical different things with, with people in life, like this whole thing. And, I, and I'm not going to digress and get into this, but like this whole thing that just happened up in Wisconsin. I mean, that's just so ignorant that things like that happen. That man, what, I watched the videos, all the stuff that would happen to him. And I'm like, he wasn't being, they could have just put him in the car after the handcuffed and been done with it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I had to get to that point where these guys thought they needed to restrain him to that level. And I'm just like, you know, and if it became because of race, that's what really boils my blood because I'm like, the guy was, when I watched him, he was kind of sta- almost staggering like he was on drugs or might have been coming off something or whatever because he was something about a $20 bill. I don't, know, I don't know the whole story. But the point is, he didn't look like a threat to me at all. Like, he just looked like he was kind of confused and dumbfounded about what's going on. Like, why are you doing this? Throw him in the car, right? But people in life, and I, and I was a big guy, and then, the, like I said, in the military, I'm going to give a shit what color your skin was, what religion you were, what... None of that matter. What matters is we both wearing the same uniform. We're both here to do the same job. We're both here to get done. We need to get done. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it done. And then after that, if we become friends or whatever, because I'm a character guy. That my life, I, my father brought me up in the military and I had black guys at my house all the time growing up, white guys, Asian guys, you know, Hispanic. None of it mattered to me. I was like, hey, I would know him as chief whatever or petty officer whatever or what that's how I knew him I didn't care what they're and like you know what I had so many I have so many because I was a medic in the army so I had a lot of female soldiers with me and in my command and I you know having females like yourself go through those traumas that, that go through it's so unfair that our system is set up to make you the make you not only the victim but then also the reason that I mean ah, it's I, I don't want to digress here but I just get really because mm-hmm. racism is a big deal to me because I feel like People that are racist, we all see things that are different in each other. Like I see that you're wearing glasses, I don't wear glasses. I said that's different, right? But I don't need to see you as that's bad or good. I just need to see that that's different, right? Doesn't make you a better person or a worse person. It just means you've got a little different. You have to wear glasses. I don't. Okay. I didn't like when I first meet. But like we even talked about this before we started. I need diversity on the show because I need people to understand that there's got to be a way that Life can be interactive. Rolanda's got just as good information as a white woman or as a white man or as a, or as a Hispanic. It doesn't matter. What matters is her heart and her character. That's what matters, guys out there. And if you're listening and you are maybe, you know, borderline racist or even if you are racist, first of all, stop listening to my show because you're a dirtbag. But second, think about what you're really doing to yourself and the society you're living in. Because if we judge everybody based on their character versus based on their appearance, this world would be such a better place because there are ignorant people out there. It doesn't matter what color they are. There's ignorant white people. There's yeah. ignorant, ignorant yeah. It doesn't matter. What matters is the character, the way you interact with people, the way you treat. See, I'm a big guy about this. The way you treat a stranger is really the type of person you are. Yes. That's really determined. That really determines who you are. The first time you meet somebody and how you treat that person that you don't know from Adam, right? You don't know him from no. How you treat that person is really a direct reflection of who the type of person you really are. Like if you're rude to that person and mean, 
then you probably got some deeper lying issues about, then you got to look at, well, was he black? Was he white? Was he Hispanic? Was he whatever? Why would you feel that way about that person just because you looked at him, right? Because I tell people mm-hmm. all the time, that's the first step for me when I, even when I'm, I got a new soldier one time and one of my black troops came in and he acted all, he got a cut fishy. And I was like, okay. So then I pulled that kidney off and said, let him sit down. You got a problem with a black or African-American black guy? Uh, no, sorry. He just scared me. He's kind of big, blah, blah. I said, all right, let me see. Because I'm like that right there. So getting ready to set me off. Like, all right, I'm going to kick this kid out of the army because I'm not having that in my unit. They're not going to start mm-hmm. causing problems and doing that and building little clicks, whatever that shit is. So I'm a, you know, I'm a character guy. And I, I think most of us out there, I think you are a character person because I don't feel even just talking to you for the short period of time your heart's in the right place for what you're trying to do with your life and the people you're around and the people in your life, right? So you make that an effort to be a coach because to be a coach, to be somebody who's willing to put themselves out there for other people is a very deep part of who you are. It's a very deep, and a lot of that comes from your training and being a soldier and want to take care of soldiers, but then it kind of blows you up into who you really are. And now you're a successful coach and you've made other people successful. And I mean, the feelings you must have in your heart, I mean, I know, I know you've gone through some shit that you didn't deserve to go mm-hmm. through, but I'm, I'm so proud to know you now. And I'm so proud that you're where you're at. And I'm just so glad that I know you now that Thank that you. gives me mm-hmm. strength to know there's women out there like you that have been through some of the stuff you've been through, but you, you still, you just, you know, you just keep going. So it's amazing. What I've learned from my, my coach, uh, Ariel Renault is that everything I've gone through is part of my story. Um, there's no mistakes. And I know, again, I'm a woman of faith, but I feel like everything I've gone through gives me the foundation I need to be compassionate to others who are going through. Yeah. It gives me the patience because I was not the queen of patience at one time. Well, no, you're not supposed to be my, listen, I don't know if I ever had an S1 NCO who was patient with anybody. <laughs> and then, I, I don't know if it's <laughs> you guys have, but walking S1 was like, Hey, start, you see my leaf? Yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't get it. You got the routing number. You got it. I'm like, Oh damn. I'm just trying to get my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I think, but see again, that's the mindset because of the job you yeah. had that they trained you to be, or you had to be that person that's strict about the reg. And strict your yes. So you're one of those detail oriented people that allow you to have that. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's also one of, the, one of the most important things. I used to tell my clients, if I asked, when I went for, to a new battalion, anywhere I went, the first person I met with was always the S1 NCYC because I knew I checked on the character of that person. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get paid, that's where you're going to go. I'll go right away. <laughs> If I'm gonna, if this unit is gonna be squared away or not, based on that S, you know, the pad people up there, because yeah. squared away, this unit is screwed up, and we're gonna be, I'm gonna have problems. But right, yeah. So I know where you're at, and I know where you've been, and it, and it's just, you, I'm awestruck by you, honestly. I mean, you're an amazing. Thank you. I think, I think the our audience now, especially when you guys, are, and listen, that's gonna kind of lead me to this. Rolanda's got her stuff, and we're gonna put all our information on our website, on our Facebook page, on her episode release. You'll have all the context of her job. So, Rolanda, real quick. Let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about your business, exactly what you're doing, how okay. we touch with you, all that good stuff so people can reach out. But again, everything she's about to say, guys, is going to be on the website and on the Facebook page. So if you need to find her, you'll be able to link up that way and find her. Okay. But Rolanda, talk to us about what you're doing. Okay. I serve two audiences. The first audience is women veterans who are transitioning out of the military and want help to start their business. I'm different than SBA, SBDC. Those are wonderful organizations, but I help you in every step, your mindset, if you need a call in the middle of the night because you're like, I'm stuck, I, I help you in all of that. SPDC, they're great, but they'll give you one task and they'll send you away. And I don't do that. Nice. I serve another audience and that's corporations who want to retain their veterans, but they don't know how. Organizations are spilling, spending millions of dollars recruiting veterans, but they're losing them within the first year. 
And a lot of the blame goes, they want to put a lot of the blame on the veteran because it's like, well, they're not acclimating, but it's a shared responsibility. So I go into these organizations and I help the veteran and their direct manager acclimate together. I teach the veteran how to earn early wins within the first 90 days, how to speak to their boss, how to network within the organization. I teach the direct supervisor how to provide professional development at the lowest level at little cost because we are professional development addicts. We have to have it. And I also teach direct supervisors how to share with them what advancement looks like within their organization. This doesn't have to cost any money for you to do that. And I teach the direct supervisor how to coach their veteran, how to ask questions, you know, how to acknowledge their pain, how to validate, how to champion them. And I do this within an eight hour workshop with both the new hire and the direct supervisor followed up with group coaching for both groups. This will help the organization save tons of money in trying to rehire new people because a third of your new hire's income, annual income, walks out the door if they leave before the year. I help you save that money. It helps the veteran feel more comfortable in your organization because now they see that you're investing in their professional development on day one. That means a lot to us. Yeah, it does. They plan when they leave the workshop and they're like, okay, this is the plan. I, I can get to work. And they have support afterwards for your managers. A lot of managers aren't prepared to receive veterans. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know they're not prepared, but they're not prepared to receive us. I help them get prepared and help in turn change their leadership to so it's better and stronger. And you have more solid leaders in your pipeline, your C-suite pipeline, as opposed to starting their leadership training like 10 years from now. We need to start them on day one. That is the magic of the military. We start leadership training on day one. You don't know you're getting leadership training, but if you become a squad leader at basic, guess what? That's your leadership training. Yep, it is. So Rolanda is basically the retention NCO for all these corporations. She's in there. <laughs> sure, that's right. You're like you're doing all the stuff that's got to get done behind the scenes before you get your little cup and your backpack. But yeah, but listen, guys, everything that Rolanda talked about about her business will be available to you guys to link up. Check her out. And I want you guys to go check out her Facebook page, check out her website, reach out to her. If you're looking to get out and you, and you think you could use a good mentor, especially all my female soldiers and listeners out there, if you need a mentor, this is the type of woman that can become that for you and support you and get you to where you need to get to. So think about that. If you all you young ladies out there get ready to separate and or if you've already separated, even if you're just a veteran, a female veteran, you're listening, Rolanda's available. So reach out, check out the website, check out the link on our page. and again www.veteransbereal.com. Just check it out. There'll be a link on the page for Rolanda's her business and all that stuff so you can find her, guys. So, Rolanda, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. So Thank much. Thank you. Really, really great to have you. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone, I'm out of here. Oh,